Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. You have myself, Albert Wynn, Albie, and uh, Jonathan Mock. Mock, how are you doing, Mock? I'm okay. It's uh, 2020 is not off to a very happy start so far. Yeah, it's one late, late Wednesday night, 11 p.m., January 29th, and um, I texted you a couple of days ago, I think Monday morning, and I was like, let's do a Kobe episode. Um, and honestly, at the time when I texted you, I was I was pretty down. I was I was really grieving. I'm better today. It's been three days, three plus days now. I think I've today's was the first day where I kind of like accepted what happened and I wouldn't say I'm good with it, but I, I, I kind of understand it. So let's let's just go ahead and, and start our podcast. Um, obviously, we're talking about, you know, the tragic on Sunday, January 26th, helicopter crash in Southern California. Um, and I, I apologize in advance if I get choked up or anything, but um, helicopter crash, Southern California, uh, just northwest of LA. Nine people, nine um, nine lives were taken, including Kobe, his daughter, 13-year-old Gianna, her two teammates, their parents, so Alyssa Adobelli and her mom and dad, and Peyton Chester and her mom, and then the assistant coach, Christina Mauser, who leaves behind um, her husband and three little kids of their own. Mm. And then um, the pilot, obviously, who's not many people are talking about him, but, you know, prayers and, and thoughts to him and his family as well. Um, but they were all heading to so Kobe and, and his daughter actually just went to church, finished church, and then they they drove to Santa Ana, uh, Orange County Airport and left for her basketball tournament. Um, basketball tournament is about a 30, 40 minute helicopter ride. I mean, you visited LA many times. I lived in LA for a couple years mm-hmm. or south of LA in Orange County, but the traffic there is, uh, is unbearable. That helicopter ride, 30, 40 minute helicopter ride probably would have saved them an hour and a half worth of travel time. And so that's why they got on the helicopter. She par- she probably had a game around 11 or noon or something like that. So. They were all heading to the game. They were running late, but um, those are the facts. Um, I wanted to, you know, get into what that day and what that event meant to me. But if you want to start, start it off, mock like how how did that impact you, and how did you react to the news on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'll start. I, I don't, um, but I definitely want to jump back to you soon. Uh, for me. Yeah, it was at church, started getting some buzzes on my phone. It's like, what's going on? I think it's one of those events like no one wants to believe, especially in this fake news era. Everyone was just hoping that somehow, some way this was all fake. And um, the conflicting reports all over the place did not help any. Um, But I I think for me, it hit hard when – I heard that Gianna was on board as well. Uh, that's the part that really got to me. Gianna and her her teammate, the other uh, you know teen girl, on on board. Um, obviously, all nine lives were. I mean, it's a it's a tragedy, but uh, just to lose someone that young, um, mm-hmm. it's that's been that's been the toughest part for me to get over. Um, but what about you? Like, I I think I've been asking a lot of people, and and for me the craziest part of this whole thing from a, from an outside perspective is how many lives like Kobe really touched and how many people really feel connected to him. Like people from everywhere, uh, like my coworker who literally has only talks about Renaissance festival. Like she brought up Kobe with me like yesterday and I was like, what is going on? Like my dad was talking to me about it over on, um, when I was over at his place for Chinese new years and it's just, people from all walks of life. And, and I want to kind of touch base back with you, like which part of the story was, because um, it, it felt like at the very beginning, um, I mean, we were kind of texting back and forth in a, in a group chat, but it, it seemed like you, it hit you pretty hard right away. What, what was it about this particular event that, that really got you? It hit me really hard. And um, 
I, I bullet pointed some of the stuff I wanted to talk about, but I'll be honest, like it hit me hard, not because I loved Kobe, the basketball player, but more of Kobe, right. the father, right? Kobe, yeah. the, the retired father. And um, it was just really cool to see him bring his daughter, who is basically a spitting image of himself in terms of like love for basketball, um, competitiveness and just wanting to get better like yeah. as a as a parent i mean that's obviously you love all your kids right but as a parent to see someone like exactly like who you are i can only imagine like the joy that kobe bryant had mm. and i think what really really impacted me is is that is that connection it's it's that connection it's visualizing like what those final seconds were like in the in the helicopter yeah. uh, i would say i would say monday monday hit me really really hard like so i actually took a personal day from work on monday i didn't work um my my daughter amelia is sick and so i didn't sleep all night i was up with her mm. and i wasn't ready to go back to work anyway so i just took the day off and uh, she's sick. She's coughing. Her nose is running. She's crying. But every time I'm like there to take care of her and console her, I think about like what it would feel like if I was holding on to her, and knowing that we only we would only have like seconds together mm. on Earth, right? And it was like devastating. I I I woke up Monday morning and Tuesday morning like in tears and. I don't even know Kobe Bryant. I've so I've met him and we'll talk about that later. But I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. I obviously didn't know Gianna or Gigi. Um, but just that like just that father daughter connection, girl dad, right? But right. let me just go through some of the bullet points because um I know I'm just gonna be like all over the place and I just want this to be a little more structured. So I texted you a couple days ago, like I said, and I Honestly, I've, I felt like the podcast, I, I really do think it will help me heal and mourn and just move forward. Playing basketball last night, so Tuesday night, actually really, really helped out. Um, mm. So I coordinate a pickup basketball game every week. Uh, we have a pool of like 40 guys, but only 20 people are allowed to show up every week just because we got to control the numbers. I messaged everyone. I was like, if you have anything Kobe-related, shoes, shorts, shirts, headbands, jackets, whatever, bring it. Wear it to, to ball on Tuesday night. And uh, I also said, like, all the games are going to be the 24 points. It's usually twos and threes to 21. So I was like, naturally, we'll just go to 24. But just having fun, just being out there playing basketball with your friends, and everyone there was hurting in their own way. Like, I'm not saying I was hurting more than others. Others were not hurting more than me. Everyone was just, you know, in, in a very grieving mood. And just the fact that we were able to play basketball and have fun, that that really helped me a lot. So that's first bullet point. Second bullet point was, you alluded to this earlier, it was New Year's, Lunar New Year's. And New Year's is a really big deal in our culture, especially with my wife and her family they're very traditional new year's is their thing it's it's their it's their jam so we had a lot of things planned from a family perspective we were going to see her parents we were going to go to, to church we we're going to do this new year's thing have food street food all this kind of stuff um but it was sunday mid-morning 11 40 ish our time 11 50 ish noon time i'm in the parking lot of a target because we were running errands. Um, I was in the car because Amelia was asleep. So now I went inside to do some shopping, you know, like quick in and out, five, 10 minutes. But in those 10 minutes, I'm checking Twitter, like I always do. And um, I see that TMZ posts. And just like you, I was like, this is stupid. Like, why are we, why is this even a thing? I texted and yeah, I was like, Kobe is dead, apparently, but I'm not sure. But I'm still pretty emotional. Mm. And that's all I said in the text. Yeah, I came back to the car, and I love her so much. She was like, are you okay? 
And I said, I don't know. And um, she was like, you know what, let's just go home. And so we canceled all of those New Year's plans. She contacted all her friends and family and I was just like, just canceled it all. So I just stayed in my room for the entire day watching TV, ESPN, CNN, MSNBC, getting as much information as as I could. By the time I got home, it was confirmed. It was Kobe. And so I was getting more information, like who else, what happened. And, you know, the that's what I've realized is when it comes to pain is like, or when it comes to like grieving and dealing with things, I just like the pain direct. Like, I don't like hiding from it. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of the person where it's like, just give it all to me. Right. And so mm-hmm. I watched it for like literally eight hours straight, man. I didn't leave. I watched every single interview, every single false report, every single confirmed report. I watched it all. That was my Sunday. Still was like just shook. I was numb. Monday, like I said, I took the day off. So that's kind of how like I initially reacted. I have a few points here about like his career and our lives and things like that, but it's a lot. So I, I do want to s- get it back to you and see what your thoughts are and what you're feeling, because I could go on and on, to be honest. No, I mean, I think those first two points are pretty key, uh, especially the first one. I think when we talk about therapeutic activities, I think both of us are pretty similar uh, in that I, I don't, I can't think of anything much more therapeutic than being on a basketball court for myself and, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably very similar in that regard um i think i found out the news uh like i said at church on sunday and i didn't have anything else planned until that night for for dinner for chinese new year and it didn't hit me as hard uh not to say that you know it's not a tragedy and, and i don't feel bad it's just yeah, like I said, for me, it, it was when it was confirmed that it was the the daughter as well. And then hearing all the other stories was actually very impactful for me as well. Uh, maybe even more so than 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 Kobe's story. Um, just the family that lost, you know, the the mom, the dad, and the daughter, and, and left behind like two, just two kids. Um, it's the family stuff. I, I think that that kind of shows stuff. the sure. yeah, it shows the stage of life we're in. And and, and you're right, like the the dad, uh, the girl dad, you know, the father daughter dynamic. It's it's huge. We we both have daughters. Yours is very close in age to uh, to Capri. You know, Kobe's youngest. And just I'm sure just trying to imagine, <laughs> yeah, her having to grow up without without Kobe there without you know, you there, it's just unimaginable. Yeah. That was like 48 hours of my thought process is trying to empathize with what Vanessa is dealing with and trying to understand or kind of like fathom what the, the three other girls, and they're so different in age, right? Natalia 17, she knows exactly what's going on. And the other two are, I think one is three and one is a newborn. There's yeah. there's no way they understand that they're never going to see their dad again. There's no way. And yeah. then, like, there's no way they can they understand that they'll never see their, their sister again. And yeah. it's, not, not, it's not only the Bryant family, right? It's three other families or two other families. No, three other families, including the, the pilot. So, I mean, the family stuff is what exponentially makes the pain and the grieving process so much harder for me for sure Mm, yeah i I probably would have done the same thing uh as you uh maybe not eight hours straight but i I probably would have just kept scrolling through twitter the whole afternoon or or you know turn on the tv and, and just try to take it all in but um yeah i ended up just playing basketball for a few hours that sunday so just a couple hours after the news and uh, yeah, basketball was kind of the same way. It was therapeutic, but it was also like everyone there was shocked. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, updating each other on on the news and, and everything, and it's surreal. Um, I mean, I, I'm the same way as you in terms of how I view him as a basketball player. But yeah, 41. That is, 
I know 10 years ago for us that that would have felt like really old, but in actual, you know, that's, that's really young. And, and obviously 41 year olds die all the time, but, but for Kobe to have such an impact on so many people, it's both awe inspiring and also just, um, I think everyone has kind of forced themselves to take a, take a look in the mirror and, and kind of reassess. Um, that's probably where, where you're going with the next couple of points. Yeah. So, so my next bullet points are about just, um, our fandom, our basketball mm-hmm. fandom. Um, you and I didn't know each other until we were basically, I don't know, in, in college. So we were like 18, right. 18 years old. So we didn't know each other for half of our, our, our lives. Mm-hmm. But before then, we both loved basketball, and, and Timmy too. He's not on this podcast, by the way. Congratulations, Timmy! Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Timmy just had a daughter, um, so congratulations to him and his wife. We're all around the same age. Mock, you and I are 35 years old. We're both born in 1984. Kobe got into the league in '96, yeah. so basically when we were 12 years old. Around the time when we were starting to love, really love sports and the NBA, yeah. especially sure. the NBA. Um, so a lot of our formative years, a lot of our impactful years, all the way up to who we are now. And back then when he joined the league in the mid-90s, 96, um, it was like the rise of the internet. And this is what I put down is I was really big in like ICQ, MSN, and AOL Instant Messenger. Right. Um, you know, we were all chatting with our friends late at night. Um, but I would, what I would do personally when people went to sleep is I would actually stay up and read all of the like NBA chat rooms and NBA forums. <laughs> and um, I put down if the government were to scrub every single sentence that I've written on the internet, they would find thousands of lines of me defending Kobe Bryant in the best shooting guard of all time debates. Um, and it's like, really? not not all time, shooting guards at that time. So you would have AI, T-Mac, VC, and Kobe. That was the four. And I, early on in Kobe's career, I was, I was huge. I was huge in his um, upbringing, the fact that he was like multilingual. He's not like from the ghetto. He was, you know, grew up in Italy, obviously, and then came here and, yeah. you know, he, all that kind of stuff. Like, all that's great. Everybody knows about it. Um, but I was a huge fan of his early on. Mm. When LeBron came into the league, I instantly became a LeBron guy. So my, my fandom for Kobe took a hit. But I want to speak to, like, how I was early on. So there were three games that I recorded on VHS um, that I watched religiously. Um, I would watch these three games, probably a total of, I would say triple digits each. So over a hundred times, whether it's like after school, um, uh, whether it's summer. And so we have all day just watching TV or hanging out. Um, you know, the first, so the three games, first game is like the 1992 Dream Team, they had a, a tune-up event in Portland. They played Venezuela. They beat them by like 60 points or whatever. <laughs> uh, the thing I remember about that game is Michael Jordan had amazing um, like reverse layup and one. And also like Magic was the starting point guard. And then the starting point guard of Venezuela, his nickname was The Magician. So it was like Magic versus The Magician. And I, I'm always going to remember that. Um, second game I recorded and watched all the time was the 93 All-Star game. It was set in Salt Lake City. I don't know why I have this game, but randomly that's the game I watched all the time. Mm. Uh, Jordan had like 30. It was Shaq's rookie year. Stockton and Malone were co-MVPs. The West won and all that kind of stuff. And then the last game was the 98 All-Star game. And the significance to this game was... Um, it was in New York. Um, Jordan was in the middle of his second three-peat, so he was yeah. definitely prime. He was the face of not only basketball, face of like sports worldwide. But Kobe Bryant was a starter on the Western team. He was mm-hmm. the first ever bench player to start in the All-Star game. He yeah. was only 19 years old. Back then, it was all fan voting. I think the West got killed. I think... Le- 
uh, I think MJ just tore up. Um, but Kobe at 19, he he showed out. He had like an alley from KG. He had a behind the back dribble fake pass on Dikembe, and he made the reverse layup. You know the move that you do all the time, and what yeah. John Morant did a couple weeks ago. He did that back in that All Star game. Um, I think he led the team in scoring and all that kind of stuff. Like I remember those three games, and I didn't watch that third game because of Kobe Bryant. I watched it obviously because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But Kobe Bryant was a close, you know, second storyline to all of that because like they were the whole Magic Johnson was the um, the like the color analyst. So the whole obviously you can imagine the whole broadcast is about Michael Jordan passing the torch to, right. to Kobe. And, yeah. you know, at the time, at in 1998, I was 14, and I believed everything they said, you know, like, <laughs> I probably believed there was a literal torch being passed, like, before the game that Jordan gave to Kobe, and that's all I remember, and um, so that was, like, the beginning of his career. Once the new millennium hit, 2000s, 01, 02, that's when the Mavericks started getting good, right? That's when yeah. Dirk. Nash, Finley, they were awesome. And so naturally I became a fan of my hometown team. And being a fan of the Mavericks naturally made you hate the Lakers, which means you hate Kobe and you hate Shaq. So it was, it was easy to to be anti-Kobe. And I was basically anti-Kobe from that point on, from like 01 till, I don't know, like last year, maybe two years ago. So for like, for like a better part of two decades i was anti kobe bryant the basketball player you had all the stuff that was happening off the court you had stuff that was going on the court you know people don't talk about his 06 i think it was 06 sun series when like fourth quarter he just decided not to shoot because phil jackson said he was uncoachable so he's like all petulant and petty so he was like you know what if you don't want me to shoot i'm just gonna pass the ball it was a game seven and they lost the suns like from a basketball historian point of view like i'm always gonna hold that against kobe bryant he's never been the most efficient player you and i are the same we were just never big kobe fans because he was just not like we respected his work ethic we respected like how much he he cared he he's definitely one of the last people who are not like buddy buddy with everybody in the league exactly yeah he's one of the last like killers if you will but he's also like one of the last people who didn't have any friends like for basically 15 years of his career before like i think the olympics really opened him up but before that he just he didn't have friends with anybody it was just him probably his wife and he's he's had Natalia, I mean, Natalia is 17, 18 years old, so he's had her for a very long time. Mm. Uh, But he's never had, like, a close friend until very recently, Um, you know, like the the Mellows, the Chris Pauls, LeBrons, and all that. But Yeah, Kobe would never be on, like, a banana boat with other people in the offseason. Yeah, so I I wanted to say that because um, I, I, like, really adored him early on when he was a teenager, then I started to hate him. I ended up living in Southern California. I lived in California for five years. Two of those were in Southern California, and the you Lakers. Really hated him. <laughs> yeah, the Lake, the Lakers, Kobe love. Yeah. Like I can't explain to you what that bond is, and I think people are trying to portray that now after his death. But it's one, it's it's one of a kind. And when when you're living in it and you're not a fan of it, of course, you're going to despise it and resent it. And and that's how I was. And then I moved back to Texas. You know, LeBron was coming up. Then Kobe finally retires 20 years after uh, his rookie year. And that's when, like, I don't know when for you, but for me, that's when it, like, flipped. Like, after his last game, he scored 60. He's shot 50 times. That is so Kobe Bryant. But, um... (laughs) After that moment, it was like, man, this guy is like, he's one of a kind. Like, mm. the way that he galvanizes people, the way that he motivates and inspires people, even before all these stories that are coming out now in the last few days, he's definitely one of a kind. And there's, 
I can guarantee you there's there's never going to be like a basketball player who is an all-star one year and then two years later wins the Academy Awards, right? That's, yeah. that's only someone like a Kobe Bryant can do. And so, no, I'm glad you shared all that. I had no idea. Obviously the pre 2004, uh, Albert. So I, I didn't know that before that point that you were, you loved Kobe. I was, and- obsessed. I was obsessed, man. Um, Obviously, growing up for us at at 35, we were big Jordan, right? Jordan believers, Jordan defenders, Jordan proponents, whatever you want to call them. Um, but secretly in me, and I think this is just a contrarian me since the beginning. Like that All Star game, like I secretly wanted Kobe to like take it to him. Like I wanted mm-hmm. Kobe to like show the world that, or show all MJ fans that you know what, like MJ may not be the best. Even, I mean, now looking back, obviously MJ is the best, but I'm just saying like, I just wanted that, that moment, especially right. on that big stage. And so I was cheering for Kobe. Um, yeah, I was, I was very, I was very obsessed. And so right. the whole thing happened on Sunday. Um, again, like I was, I was like a, I was like a, bl- it was a blur to me. Like I didn't, I don't remember, I think like around seven or 8 PM, not asked, hey, did you want to go to my mom's for dinner? I was like, no, like, I'm just going to stay here. I can watch Amelia. You can go. I think that's when it kind of like tipped it off for her even more that this is more than just like another celebrity death. Like this is this is something that's different. And and like you said, it's it's different because of his daughter and the other kids angle. And I think part a big part of it is just it's it's not his fault at all like a lot of the recent celebrity does it's you know we've had a lot of overdoses we've had yep. a lot of just uh substance abuse some some suicides and it it, it a, a lot of kind of mental health stuff um yeah. this is just it was supposed to be a normal day man like it was supposed to be just a uneventful morning and, and then just tragedy strikes out of nowhere but but yeah, similar to to your story, I guess at least post two thousand, uh, I think you and me are are quite similar. For Very that similar. Well. That's yeah. that's what I wanted for us to talk, to be honest, because from a basketball perspective, from a just how we analyze the game, we're very similar when it comes to Kobe Bryant. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think overall. Um, so I'm looking. I searched kind of my i guess my twitter history um and i think everything flipped for me in like 2011 2012 and and i have a tweet from like january 2012 it says love him or hate him you got to respect kobe's game his will to win is second to none since the goat michael jordan and and i think for me that's how i'm going to remember him i think i mean i'm sure that's how a lot of people are going to remember him like kobe was never the most athletic the most talented the most anything I, I i think his greatest asset has always been just his mind his mentality um and that goes with kind of that you know catchphrase now mamba mentality right and um just that drive and that will yeah. to win that's is very 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 rare um you know all these ex-players now are are speaking of about their favorite kobe stories and 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 a lot of them have the same theme. It's, you know, them and, him and Kobe, uh, like AI and Kobe were, were hanging out, having dinner. And then, you know, AI was like, you know, I'm going to go to the club. What are you going to do? And Kobe's like, I'm going back to the gym. Like, that's that's just the mentality. That's just the passion for for his craft that he had. And, and that's what I will always respect, even though I spent a lot of these tweets talking about um how Shaq carried him to the first three championships. Yeah. But, but that's uh, exactly why he didn't have any friends, right? For yeah. 15 years. We didn't know anything about him. He was a recluse. He would work out early in the morning, do whatever you need to do, and then work out again probably a couple more times later that day. Sorry for cutting you off. No, no, no. That that goes right into what I was going to say. Like The word sacrifice is thrown around a lot for you know elite athletes. And, and I think as the general public, we kind of, kind of scoff at that idea. Like, okay, yeah, you guys have to practice a lot and, and work on your game. But I mean, you're, you're, 
you're you're you pretty much have the dream job like the best job in the world right um but i think i think for someone like kobe like that sacrifice that it really rings true like he he lived in the gym um and and the ironic the sad tragic irony now is that you know the whole reason that he started doing the helicopter thing when he was playing and and you know, going back and forth in helicopters to from his house practice to to the Staples Center for games was because of his family. Like he wanted to spend more time with them. He didn't want to waste time sitting in that, you know, infamous LA traffic. Uh, yeah. and it's just so devastating now that how everything played out. That part's really hard for me to to come to to terms with. So one thing I I keep um thinking through um and repeating in my head is um so when i was in high school i had a a tutor like i would go to this tutoring center just because i have i was having trouble with math and so i i was going i I don't think anybody knows this but i was going to a tutor i think like my either my freshman or sophomore year of high school um but basically the first day um, the tutor, and it was like a few of us. So it was like the tutor and maybe like five or six of us. But the first day she was very intentional with who she was. She was like, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you my story. And the first day was not about math at all. The first day was about her life. And she talked about how she lost her second kid uh, when she was like in her mid twenties um, because a car ran over her child, her baby. Jeez! Oh, and she saw the whole thing happen in the street. Oh my she gosh. she ran to the street. She ran to her baby, and the baby's like literally dying in her arms. And the way that she recounted the story for us was she heard. Um, she heard from God at that point. She was like, you know, she was questioning. She was like, God, why, why are you doing this? Why are you taking my baby away? And what she said was she heard from God that it's because I love your baby more than you. I want to take your baby to me. And then for some reason with Kobe's death, and this is a weird connection, but with Kobe's death, like that's that's what I thought about is it was his time. It was Gianna's time. It was the other seven passengers time. Mm. And it was just like God's choice to take them at that time because they just had better. He just had bigger and better plans for them in the afterlife. Mm. And um, I think that as the days pass and again, it's Wednesday night. That's kind of what I think about is we're in pain here on earth and we're kind of grieving and mourning and trying to move forward with everything. But they're they're good and let's say you're not a believer and you don't believe in the afterlife you don't believe in heaven or hell let's talk about it from like a an an earthly point of view if you think about kobe bryant's life 41 years old that dude lived a very fulfilling life he played a sport that he loved um i think he said he started playing basketball at the age of two Mm. Um, he started challenging because his dad was an nba basketball player he started challenging all these professional basketball players when he was a teenager. So he was already like this arrogant, very confident, um, you know, basketball player who thought very highly of himself. And he he was always that he he was that way since day one. It seems like, and the fact that he ended his basketball professional basketball career with five titles, um, arguably the greatest Laker of all time, arguably a top ten player of all time. Some people even put them up there even higher than that. Like all of that is that's a very fulfilling freaking life. You know, like he did what he loved. And then if you think about Gianna and it's it's so tragic that at 13 years old, like her life is taken away. But she was heading to something that she also probably loved more than anything in the world. And that's playing basketball and competing. Yeah. Like. If she had to choose one way to go out, that's probably the way that she would have wanted to go out. You know, obviously, she's so young. I don't know if she has a perspective, but I would say that and I would hope and imagine that she's at peace with what with what was with what ended up happening. And so 
again, today is kind of when I kind of had that perspective. The past yeah. few days, I was more, I was more of like in denial. I couldn't believe it. Um, and again, it's more of Kobe Bryant, the father. It's more Kobe Bryant, the connection he had with Gianna. You know, all this stuff that's coming out afterwards. You know, last night, the whole El- Ellie Duncan, I guess, video on ESPN, when she just recalled her story about running into Kobe in the in the hallway and how, you know, she she was like eight months pregnant pregnant and Kobe asked what she was having and she said a girl and Kobe's like girls are the best and all that kind of stuff and Kobe was like if I had to do if I had my choice I would have five more girls because I'm a girl dad. And then girl dad, hashtag girl dad became hmm. ending on Twitter. Yeah. But it's so it's it's true. Like whatever connection you have with your kids um, or with your parents, I mean that that dad daughter connection is is very different, you know. And so yeah. I wanted I wanted to like allude to that video. Obviously, I during those eight hours on Sunday and all the hours afterwards, I've seen tons of videos and tons of recollections of of Kobe and stories about him. One that's kind of hitting home for me, being a Dallas Mavericks fan, is did you know that Gianna, her her team, uh, was going to play Jason Terry's team? Oh, really? (laughs) Jason Terry flew his uh, girls' AAU team from Dallas. So Mm -hmm. there's a big gym here called Drive Nation. It's kind of like the Mamba Academy there in L.A. But he flew his team over to L.A. to play her team in the tournament you know jason terry's like literally calling him because they're late to the game like we're about to play you guys where are you and he had no idea and when he found out and he his story was there's so many games going on because it's a it's a gym with like 20 courts and so it's a huge tournament all the other games are already starting and going on and when jason terry found out he he just like went over to one of the officials and was like, "All the games, they have to end right now. Just stop playing. You know, there's terrible tragedy tragedies just happen, and mm. it was just like crazy that because I've played at Drive Nation, and actually, here's another connection. Ed, who we've interviewed before yeah. for um, you know his pickup basketball, one of his partnerships is with Drive Nation. So he has, you know, one of his venues that he hosts every week is at Drive Nation. So he's very familiar with those guys. Yeah, Hoop Club. Yeah, he's probably met with Jason Terry many times. And, um, you know, that's just another degree that um, um, do you have any Kobe stories, personal Kobe stories that kind of like stick out to you now that you've had a couple of days to think about it? I just think back to how many times like. Like, it's a weird dynamic. Like, how many times I've hated him <laughs> yeah. just because of him tearing up my team and, and how many times the Rockets would try everything, throw everything at him, and it's still, like, like the Shane Battier face guard thing comes to mind right away, and um, he would still be able to drop 40 on us. And it, it's one of those things, like, I feel like a lot of people – are, are just like me. Like a lot of people hated him for most of their NBA fandom lives. And, and yet there's like a hate, but there's also a deep level of respect, you know, like he, he's cut from a different cloth clearly uh, just, mm-hmm. just from a mentality standpoint. And, and that comes through just so obviously. Um, I mean, I compare him to, I can't, I can't help but compare him to like the guys on, on my team, like, like James Harden, like, can't even fathom how amazing James Harden, the basketball player, would be if he had just Kobe's mentality. I'm sure you've seen just a lot of highlight videos of, of Kobe over the past few days. Like, what is, do you have an all time, like, favorite moment of his or, or top three? So I would say I, I did watch a ton of his videos the last couple of days. This is the first day where. If I saw something Kobe, I actually would would turn away. I would flip the channel or change the YouTube or whatever, because I was like, you know what? Like I'm I'm done just looking at his past. But right. to answer your question, 
it's very ironic that um, I would argue that the greatest moment of his basketball career um, on the court happened on a pass. Like Kobe's known to shoot, he's known to get to get double team, triple team, quadruple team. Yeah. And he'll take, still take the really bad shot, whether mm-hmm. it goes down or not. I think there's been many money studies that it goes. <laughs> it, he doesn't make the shot, but it's just yeah. he has the reputation that he's a closer, yeah. he's Mamba, whatever. But his his to the me alley oop to Shaq. Yeah. yeah his, the ironic thing is that is the peak of his just of his like his basketball story on the court. Mm. Um, Obviously he's, he won five more, four more titles after that first title, but it's that moment where it was like, yeah, that's gotta be up there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, think about it. You're, you're like 21. You, you get the ball. You're, I think you're up for, you just came back from like a 17 point deficit in the fourth quarter. And I'm just trying to like paint the picture here. You're 21 year old, years old. It's not your team. It's Shaq's team by far. But deep down inside, you think you're the man. You have Scottie Pippen, who is a Hall of Famer in front of you, arguably, you know, top five defender of all time. You cross the F out of him. Like he's out of the picture. You yeah. get into the lane and basically you suck like three people in and Shaq is just wide open. You throw it up there. Any athletic center at that point would have thrown it down, but it was just perfect yeah. harmony from him to Shaq. They they win that game, game seven, and then they end up winning the next three titles. And a lot of people will probably like pick his 81 points. A lot of people will pick like all of his scoring feats and his buzzer beater um, game winners and things like that. But for me, it was that like breakdown of a hall of fame defender get into the lane and throw it throw a pass to someone else and um that that would be yeah that that's my favorite on the court kobe moment yeah that has to be up there uh if if we were doing our mount rushmore and i I don't think we should but if we were that would that would definitely be one of the heads so earlier i said that i met kobe bryant so i i never met him so (laughs) So I went to UC Irvine, which is in Orange County. Irvine is the neighboring city of Newport Beach, which is where he lives, he and his family. He's lived there since early 2000s. So it's about like an hour away from Staples Center. But anyways, summer of 2007 is when I started going to the gym like every morning um, because it was within walking distance of where I was living. And um, it's called the ARC, A-R-C, which is Anteater yeah. Recreation Center. So it was brand new. These are like amazing facilities. Everything was top tier. There were rumors that summer that Kobe Bryant was going to that gym. And I'm like, no way, like Kobe Bryant. And I'm a, I'm a Texas boy. Like, that's cool. It's Kobe Bryant. But at the same time, I'm like, Ugh, I, I don't like Kobe Bryant. Like, that's not a big deal to me. There was one morning where me and a friend... We, we were heading to the gym. We got up to, the, like, the front steps. And you've been to the Ark. You visited me back in, like, 08, and we played basketball there. But there yeah. were like, these huge steps in the front, like 20 steps to get up to the gym. And my friend, um, she was like, who is who's that? He's, he's really cute. He's really tall, and he's really <laughs> cute. And it was this, like, you know, this black guy holding the door for us literally waiting for us to get up the steps and get into uh the recreation center and it was freaking kobe bryant and kobe bryant and his one trainer was just waiting for me and and my friend to get into the door so like no lie like kobe bryant opened the door and waited for us to get in so that's my story (laughs) and um i would say I saw him maybe like two or three times again that summer. Like I didn't see him that closely. It was more of like, oh my God, that's Kobe Bryant. That's his trainer. But it wasn't like, oh, we need to go up to him and talk to him. It was like, okay, we need to give him space and let them do what they want to do. So I saw him like a couple couple more times after that. But the interesting thing about 07 um, was um, the fact that he – he was like in a battle with the Lakers. He was 
in qualms with them. Like they were sucking at this point. He was demanding all these trades. And um, apparently there was a story about how um, close he was to joining the Clippers. Right. Um, I remember. There were also rumors about him going to Chicago, which I mm-hmm. thought was like, <laughs> of course Kobe Bryant would join the team that Michael Jordan played. You know, like yeah. a hater at 18 years old, like that's what I was thinking about. Um, but there was a Photoshop, very nicely done Photoshop at the time of Kobe Bryant in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. <laughs> and um, I actually made that my computer wallpaper, my background. And um, this was like, so 07, <laughs> 07, right? So it was like, it was, the yeah. it was the beginning of when every student had a laptop in the classroom. Right. And so I would make sure that I was the last one to pull out my laptop. And so when I opened up my laptop and the wallpaper came up, I wanted everyone behind me to see Kobe Bryant in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. Like that was my thing. And I did that for like a couple of weeks until he like resigned with LA. But it would I, I know for a fact it would tick people off behind me. And it was just the fact that the love and the bond that the people of LA have with Kobe Bryant is like, yeah. I don't think there's any other athlete. I, I really don't in You're the right. last, I don't know. in 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 our entire lifetime, I don't think there's any other athlete. And it's, it's the dynamic of just how diverse LA is. So obviously there's a, a bunch of, a bunch of different types of walks of life, a lot of ethnicities, a lot of races. And the fact that, Kobe Bryant. First of all, Kobe is Japanese, so he ha- he he already has kind of like this Asian twist, and, and then obviously he's black, so he has the African the African Americans standing behind him, the black yeah. standing behind him. Asians but love he, basketball too. Asians love basketball, and then, but he spoke so eloquently. Yeah. Uh, he was also multilingual, so he connected with the Latino population. The fact that he was like a business, good-looking person, he connected with, you know, like the corporate white yeah. person. Like he was like the perfect storm for Los Angeles. And from a sports perspective, LA doesn't yeah. have anything else. True, it's all Lakers, or essentially. That is one thing that you have to respect about LA fans. Is yes, they are annoying, and yes, they are whatever you want to call them, but they are they are truly passionate about their basketball team. Right. A lot of that is because that's the only professional basketball team at the t- or professional sports team they had at the time. Um, but secondly, like that that culture just loves basketball more than any other city. Yeah, more than the Dodgers, right. Where do we go from here? Like it sounds like you're definitely in a much I'm much better. Uh, better today. Yeah, yeah, better spot now. Um, yeah. It feels like you've gone through a few stages, uh, but I mean, how do you how do you think you're going to move forward now? Like, how are, are you going to uh, kind of apply this tragedy and kind of turn it around for for good in your own life? Yeah, I was a point where if I saw a picture of Gianna and Kobe together, I would just tear up. Yeah, yeah, like. I, I didn't need any sound. There were a lot of those pictures flying yeah, around. Yeah, I didn't need any uh, audio. I didn't need any context. But if I yeah. saw like just a picture of him and her, whether it's recent, let's say the Nets game a couple of weeks ago when they were breaking down a certain play, or it was an old picture, you know, when he won the fifth championship and he's mm-hmm. she's the one that he's holding. Yeah, when like, she's like two years old or something. Yeah, yeah like. I mean, even at that age, she she was like admiring her dad and also loving the sport of basketball. Like all of that was oh. very apparent, very young. So like just seeing those pictures um, on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, I was devastated, man. And yeah. I've never outside of like the first two months of Amelia's life, um, I would say I've never taken these many pictures of Amelia to answer your question, what's going to change or how I'm, I'm going to apply to my personal life. And I'm not going to lie, like in terms of Mamba mentality, I'm too lazy for that. Like, I'm just not motivated enough to like be the <laughs> it's best. It's tough, man. I don't think I, very, very few people yeah, are. Like, 
I'm in software implementation. I'm in software consulting. Like, I don't have the motivation to be the best consultant there ever was. Like, I just don't, okay? But I do have the motivation to truly appreciate the time I have with my family, with my yeah. wife, my child, my parents, and truly capture those moments. Um, that's what I've learned is you can have those memories and you can have uh, and make memories, but it's... I just want to capture them and I just want to save them. So, um, like I said, the last couple of days, I've been taking a lot of pictures, a lot of videos, and just I, I hope and I, I, I really think I will continue with that, you know, as the years goes on. What about you? I don't know. Like, I, I think so. We're going to Vegas tomorrow um, for a bachelor party. And, and we we kind of as a joke, but we, we're saying that or I, I recommended or suggested to everyone that we should coordinate clothes for the for the trip. So I think we're going to have one day for uh, my buddy's like favorite color. So everyone's going to wear purple on that day. And then we're going to do another day where everyone is like, we're calling it Kobe Day. So mm-hmm. somewhere deep in my closet, I don't know how, because I went through this phase where I, I pretty much sold all of my jerseys. And so I had almost forgotten that I still had this, but I still have, you probably seen it at one point, but number eight, Kobe blue jersey in the, you still in, the have that? in the cursive. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so um, during, during these days of grieving, I've thought about that jersey on you at least five times. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to like, bring it out. I sold it. You know, I was like, I'm so mad at Mog for selling that jersey. So oh, somehow I still... I still had it, and uh, okay. so yeah, I'm gonna bring it to Vegas and awesome. and rock it on, rock it all day Friday. Yeah, something about that last game, and and I know they replayed it on on ESPN a couple of days ago. Um, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. Is it weird for you to see something like see a person that's like living and like so real, even though you know he's not here anymore? I, I was talking about that with with a few people and, and my wife. And, and I think like, I'm trying to, part of me is like, I wonder why it's not hitting me as hard as it is hitting like you or, or like other people, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think for me, I think obviously the, the daughter and, and the younger people hits me harder, but um, obviously if, if this happened, like when he was still playing, I, I think it would have made a big difference too. I, I think just, once he had that last game and, and kind of sending him off and kind of the whole Mamba out um, speech that he had, I think at that point, like a part of my mind kind of switched gears for him, like where he's, he's, he's retired, you know, he's, he's, it's time he's to just another dad. He's yeah. Another dad. yeah. He's, he's literally, he's a soccer mom, but uses a helicopter. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I, I am part of me like the it's not really silver lining. Obviously, it's still a tragedy, but but I do appreciate all the stories coming out from from his friends, from uh, his colleagues, from uh, just all the people who, who knew him best or, or had any kind of passing Kobe story, because my whole memory of him is. It's just his drive on the court. It, it's all basketball related. But to but to kind of see him in this new light now, um, kind of hear stories of how he was as a father, how he was as a as a friend, as a mentor to these younger players, and like it, it shows me a side of him that I I never saw or that I never knew about really, you know. Um, so that part I definitely appreciate it. And 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 for me, I think. Hopefully, and I've seen it already a lo- quite a bit in the past couple of days. But hopefully, this brings people to to kind of throw at that front, like like just you know, it's okay to to be be real with your friends. It's okay to like you know, let bygones be bygones, you know, while they're still around. Like let mm-hmm. like just just enjoy life together, man. Like like life is short. You never know what's gonna happen. Um, like in the blink of an eye, everything could change. So. A little bit of Carpe Diem vibes, a little bit of just YOLO vibes, but but really just cherishing those people that you have around you and 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 your your loved ones. Yeah, I I fully agree. And you know, I made a list of of like all the celebrity deaths recently. 
So I have like this list. I said suicides, and it's like Anthony Bourdain. That mm-hmm. hit me pretty hard just because me and Nah, we love food. Yeah. Um, this is this one's strange. Kate Spade cons- committed suicide. Uh, oh, yeah. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park suicide. Robin Williams suicide. Um, Chris Cornell, who I love. I don't know if you know him, but he's the lead singer of Soundgarden suicide. Um, and then, like you said earlier, like all the other celebrities that tragically die, it's all like substance abuse or drug related or some type of health condition. Right. So like MJ, Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston, like all these guys are all these celebrities. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Obviously, very, very sad. But it just it didn't hit me as hard as as Kobe and his family and his daughter, just because like you knew Kobe was taking care of himself. You knew like um, this wasn't self-inflicted. This was definitely just, you know, a call from a higher power and just happened out of nowhere. Like I'm I don't even know how many times he's flown that helicopter, probably hundreds, thousands of times. Thousands. Yeah. I I would say the closest one I said was Paul Walker. He died in a car crash. Right. Mm. And everyone became a Paul Walker fan. But it's different with an actor because you only see the actor maybe once or twice a year in a movie. Whereas like Kobe Bryant, for you and me specifically, you know, the NBA was and is our favorite sport. Like yeah. we love, we love NFL. We love baseball and every other sport that we yeah. follow. But I'm sure I can speak for you with this too. But since like we just started following sports as a young age, it was always the NBA. Mm. Like, and that means like Kobe Bryant was a front and center person of that for 20 years you know and that's why when you hear these nba players say like you know it's like losing a brother it's like losing a loved one like i can understand i can empathize with that because these guys competed trained talked interacted with him for 20 years you know like i would say this is the first day i could do this podcast there's no way i could have done this on tuesday or monday or any time before that so i do appreciate you for getting on for this and um i don't know this is this is really going to help me for sure yeah I, I think looking back and i was trying to think back on some you know celebrity uh, or famous deaths as well and, and i think just kind of worldwide this this might be it's the biggest man since princess diana maybe i, I don't even yeah. know like yeah all those other ones that you listed they they hit people pretty hard, especially Robin Williams comes to mind just from a, from a standpoint of uh, just mental health and, and just how much joy that he brought to people. And, and, and then kind of knowing at the end how he wasn't able to, to have that joy himself, you know. Um, but yeah, just just tragic. But I mean, I'm definitely glad that, you know, Vanessa, his wife, put out a statement today and I think she put it best. Like there, there aren't enough words to kind of describe the pain, to describe what they're going through. But so I was at dinner with my wife, and and that's why we're having this podcast so late. So I actually haven't seen the Vanessa statement, and um, you know, talking with with Nya the last few days. That's that's the one thing that's really hit her. Is like, man, I can't imagine. She would be like, I can't imagine how Vanessa is feeling. It's the worst. It's the worst nightmare because you wake up one morning and you've lost a child and you've lost the person who made the child with you. You know, like, I don't know if we're going to keep this in the podcast, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read her Instagram posts. Yeah. Um, so this is from Vanessa Bryant on Instagram. My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who shown support and love during this horrific time. Thank you for all the prayers. We definitely definitely need them. We are completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We are also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share in their grief intimately. 
There aren't enough words to describe their, our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today, and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light the way. Our love for them is endless, and that's to say immeasurable. I just wish I could hug, hug them, kiss them, and bless them. Have them here with us forever. Thank you for sharing your joy, your grief, and your support with us. We ask that you grant us the respect and privacy we will need to navigate this new reality. To honor our Team Mamba family, the Mamba Sports Foundation has set up the Mamba on 3 Fund to help support the other families affected by this tragedy. To donate, please go to mambaon3.org. To further Kobe and Gianna's legacy in youth sports, please visit mambasportsfoundation.org. Thank you so much for lifting us up in your prayers and for loving Kobe, Gigi, Natalia, Bianca, Capri, and me. So that does um, have me want to point out one thing is the fact that because Kobe had four daughters, one of her, one of his daughters, Gianna, was in love with basketball and who knows, may have made the WNBA in her future. But having someone of Kobe's stature help grow women's sports and help grow and support women athletics so like wnba college aau like all that stuff being a girl dad that's like really awesome to see right it was really cool to see that kobe was defending supporting and and propping up um female athletics so props to that I do. I, I did want to. I saw something on Twitter, and I think it would be really cool. I don't know if it's going to happen, um, but if you go to the Nike website, and Kobe was a huge Nike athlete. If you search Kobe on Nike, it directly goes to like a letter, and it talks about Kobe and how, you know, they're sorry for his loss and and all that. And there's no Kobe merchandise at all. There's no shoes. There's no, there's no shirts. There's there's just nothing that's Kobe related. It is just a Los Angeles Lakers gift card. But what I saw on Twitter that would be a really nice gesture for Nike to do is to create a a Kobe Bryant product, whether it's a hat, whether it's a shirt, whatever it is, um, to you know, in memory of Kobe and maybe even Gigi. But all of those proceeds, it would be cool if they give them to the other family's victims. Mm. Because Kobe, obviously the Bryants are very well off. Kobe Bryant himself is super smart, and I'm sure he's taken very good care of his money, set up his family and many families down the line for an amazing life. He probably has hundreds of different business ventures that he was participating in. So he's good. It's the other families that we don't know about. It's the other families that may not be as well off or are not as well off. It would be nice for you know a huge corporation like Nike to do something like that. Yeah, I'd buy it. You, everyone would buy it. Like sure, auto buy. Thank you everybody for for joining the podcast. Thank you, Mog, for joining me to to discuss someone we both sports hated. Yeah, we didn't we didn't cheer for him. We didn't cheer for the Lakers. Um, but post um, post his life, like we we understand the impact that he's had. Uh, we talked about how I grieved and kind of mourned through it all, and I've been I've been very blessed in my life. I've been very lucky, very fortunate. Um, I've dealt with losses, but they were not unexpected, right? Like I've lost uh, a few years ago. I actually eulogized my grandpa. That was pretty tough. Um, a few years later, my my grandma, his wife, passed away. So that was a really rough couple years there. But I still have another grandma who's still alive and kicking. And then I lost like an uncle very, very early, like when I was in high school that I was very close with. Um, so four or five like major losses. And this is the first like celebrity first loss where I've never even met the person really. 
that's that's impacted me so thanks mock for talking thanks mock for joining i know it's late and um thank you everyone for listening <laughs>